morning, ladies. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Uh, so, I'm Laura. Um, and uh, just in, if, uh, there's lots of faces I really know and lots of people that I don't. And uh, so, just um, I hope that you go away from this morning with something from God. Um, so, uh, just a little bit about me, just so that you know who I am. So, I'm Laura. <coughs> uh, myself and my fa- our family moved from London about three years ago, and we've been part of Hope Church since then. Uh, we've got, so I'm married to Charlie, uh, who works for, he's a civil servant, uh, he works in London, and we have four children, uh, 10, 8, 5 and 2, two girls, two boys, nice and equal, um, and I've worked as an accident and emergency nursing sister for the last 14 years uh, at St Thomas's Hospital in central London, and three weeks ago, or might have been four weeks ago now, I handed my notice, well I handed my notice in a long time ago, but I finished working there, and so... We're not really sure what the next uh, step is, but I've found uh, it a bit of a storm the last couple of weeks that just, I was ready to stop, but um, yeah, I think God's got new things for us, and part of that is being at home and growing the children, and that's really exciting, but I'm not quite sure what happens with all of the stuff that I've done as well, so anyway, we're in a new season. Uh, I became Christian when I was a little child and have walked with God and had a privilege of walking with God for the whole of my life, Um, closer times than other times, and I think my rebellion has been in my heart, if it's been in anything, I haven't really done anything wild. I mean, I've done naughty things, but I haven't done wild stuff. Um, I spent uh, so I uh, spent uh, three years in Christ, in Christchurch, New Zealand, um, in my uh, sort of middle twenties with the church plant, um, New Frontiers Church plant out there, um, and then I moved back. And Charlie and I got married, and we lived in London for uh, twelve years, and uh, involved in two churches. <coughs> that you would probably have heard of in central London. So that's a little bit about me. Uh, so when Ange first asked me to talk, uh, I said no. In fact, <laughs> this is the second time she's asked me, and I was about to say no for the second time uh, because it terrifies me. This terrifies me. Um, I don't really know uh, what to say. Uh, but actually, what in that, uh, when I thought and prayed about it just before I sent the text to say no thanks, I'm sorry, I'm busy Sunday, Saturday mornings are really tricky for us it's busy busy, uh, I felt the whisper, and funny that you mentioned the whisper this morning, I felt the whisper of the Holy Spirit and I felt him whisper to me about living in community and um, I in the world that we live in uh, where there's a lot of loud conversation about self, about achievement, about personal success, I felt him quickening my spirit about living in a different way, about a, cult- a counter-cultural way, one that swims against the tide of where we live, one that calls to those that don't know him yet in the deep places of their heart. So... Uh, I'd just ask you to be open to him whispering to you this morning. And it is a whisper. He, he's not a, he's not a, he doesn't railroad us into stuff. He's not mean. He's a kind, loving father who wants to gently woo us into wanting more, to see him in our everydayness and to walking in a different way. So please see this talk as much of a talk to me as it is to everybody else. So um, I'm not saying I've got all the answers or that we get it right or I get it right. Uh, but my heart's deep desire is to see where God, those that God has placed me around, um, 
be changed by him and come to know him but I don't have great stories of people becoming Christians and lives being massively changed but what I do have is the amazing privilege of being the one to answer the phone on some random Monday afternoon when the when a neighbour who we lived near in London called me because her father had been hospitalised and the first person she thought of was to call me. So that's an amazing privilege. <laughs> so not really knowing where to start in um, what kind of format these mornings took, um, I felt a little bit nervous. So I thought, right, let's start with the Bible, which is always a good place to start. <laughs> so um, I'd love for you to take stuff away from what, we've, what we're talking about this morning uh, that challenge you and encourage you, uh, that make you more like Jesus. But um, the first thing, let's take scriptures away and let's mull on those let him whisper over us as we think about these scriptures so there's two they're very short because I can't keep much in my head at once so first one is Romans 12 verses 9 and 10 and I'm going to read it from the English standard version just because I love the way that that has phrased it so Romans 12 9 to 10 let love be genuine abhor what is evil hold fast to what is good Love one another with brotherly affection and outdo one another in showing honour. I'm just going to read it again because it's like, oh, as I've thought about it this week, I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, So let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honour. And then the second one is Acts 1. 89. So this was just as Jesus, so he'd um, died on the cross, he'd come, he'd risen again, he'd been with his disciples for 40 days, and this is almost the last thing he says before he goes to be with the Father, and this uh, NIV version, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So not long after Ange asked me, or I was going to pray, let me pray. Father, (laughs) would you let those two verses mull in us, infuse us, cause us to go away from here today with something from you that means that we we can be more like Jesus, we can show Jesus to those that you've placed us around, that we can honour you. Lord, would you talk to us in the beautiful way that you do, in that lovely whisper. Would we hear your whisper today, Lord? And as I talk, block out all of the stuff that is just me. And would you speak to these women of faith with amazing power, Father, that this would be a day of change in Jesus' name. So not long after Ange asked me to do this, I sat in a small family, a small evangelical church um, in the middle of nowhere with uh, my extended family. And we had come to celebrate the life of my great uncle. So he was a man of faith and an avid Jesus follower. I had known him as Uncle Edwin, and he was a kind, softly spoken Scottish man who was always really, really interested in everyone who came across his path. He and his wife were experts in offering hospitality in a way that was truly amazing. And after the minister had finished his uh, his talk, the floor was opened up for those that were gathered uh, with a roving mic to share any thoughts about, about Uncle Edwin. And here's the reason I tell you this story. So a man in his late 70s stood up um, and told us of the day and named the date when he met my Uncle Edwin. He knew him as Eddie. And in his words, 
He changed his life. Uncle Edwin changed this man's life. He went on to explain that in a very dark time in his life, of his life and that of his family, my uncle gave him a chance. He gave him a job interview and gave him the job. Uncle Edwin saw in him what others had missed and the decision to offer him a job changed the course of his life. Um, and he then went on to, to explain that watching my uncle through the rest of his career, he noted a man of integrity, of kindness, of honesty, of fairness, and a man of his word. And as I thought about it, I, I was quite struck by this man's description of the man who I knew as a family member, but this was a guy who didn't know Jesus. This was an observation of a life of hundreds of little decisions made well. Um, and I, the point that struck me was that I doubt on the morning that that man mentioned, Uncle Edwin got up with a sense of what, what the impact of that specific day would have. I doubt he ever really even realised. But I am almost certain that as he got up, he would have committed his day to the Father and he would have asked that his will on earth would be done and, and in him through his workplace. And so my point is, we all have normal days, really normal days, where we have the chance to change someone's life, when we have the chance to be God's hands and feet here on earth. And I am convinced that whatever stage of life you find yourself in, be it a frantic one of busyness and uh, work or of little children at home or big children at home, uh, or of quieter days that our Father wants to meet us in those that he's put around us he wants to meet us in those days and meet with the people that we have the privilege of walking alongside so I don't believe we're accidentally placed in our streets our schools our colleges our places of work our leisure activities or the bus routes that we live in or on the shops that we regularly use and if we were to ask the father more regularly to whisper to us we would hear acts of kindness, words of knowledge, significant conversations waiting for us, but we get a bit caught up in ourselves and a bit caught up in our days and our agendas and a bit of like, oh, I've got to get to whatever's next, and we miss the whisper. So genuine love, which that verse we're talking about, comes from a genuine love of God, and as we see who God is and his multifaceted nature, when we look at him, it gives us a love for people that... that can only come from him because he created them and he's he's so multifaceted we can't get we can't we think we get him and then we don't because he's got another side he's like such a beautiful diamond um not like that at all but you know that's um so when we see the family and the friends and the people we know in a different light when we see how jesus sees them how he's put stuff in them christian or not that come from him and that um, we can love them in a different way but he's always kind to us too. So he hasn't left us alone. He hasn't left us just to work it all out. He's given us a plan and the Holy Spirit. So let's go back to the Acts. Um, and I'll just give a few examples from our life. And, it, and I give examples not to say that I've got it right, because uh, I could give you a thousand examples of getting it very wrong. But so just, you know, hold these lightly <laughs> so it says you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem and in all judea and samaria and to the ends of the earth so where is our jerusalem so that was the where jesus was with his disciples jerusalem was the very local area so i kind of took that as our homes who do we live with who do we outdo each other with love do we manage that whoever it is we live with 
do we show those who we live with how much Jesus loves them through how we are? Are we kind? Are we fair? Do we honour boundaries or do we push things? Do we practice hospitality? Do we open our homes to those that we don't know so well? Are we generous? So as I was preparing this, it's amazing the stuff that comes up while you're trying to think about what to talk about to other people. So like ugly bits like, oh, Lord, sorry about that. Um, (laughs) uh, So over Easter, we were, um, some friends had asked um, to come and stay and they wanted to come for a whole week. And we said, oh, probably not maybe a whole week, but uh, so they came for three or four days. And as I was, and we've got, we've got out of the habit of being hospitable, which is ironic because we've got double the amount of size that we had when we lived in London, but we have had less people over. Um, and may, mainly because our littlest one is adopted and we've had a bit of a process and so we've not been able to have anyone to stay. But uh, anyway, they were coming. And as I was getting ready, I had to really check my heart. I'd got into the habit of living without other people in our space. Um, which is part of being generous. I had to remember how to be generous with my space. I'm like, what ugliness have I got in me? (laughs) I don't want to share what I've got. Um, But when we share our time and our energy and our space and our food, um, that generosity reflects the beauty of the Father to those around us. One of my closest friendships with a non-church friend was started early on in meeting her when I offered for um, our car for her to borrow. We'd just had our first babies and she needed to go somewhere and they were struggling to get a, ca- a car with a car seat. And I said, why don't you just have our car? You can borrow our, we'll put you on the insurance. You can... They were just popping somewhere, they didn't. Um, but her eyes nearly popped out of her head and it's, but it started such a deep friendship, mm. which I've been able to share about my faith. I've been able to share um, just life. They've watched how we do life. She hasn't made a statement of faith or wanted to change herself, but she, she can now say she knows a Christian well. And it started by offering something I had that I didn't need on that day. It cost us a tenner or whatever it was to put on the insurance. But that, that's a seed now planted. God can use that. He's so big. He doesn't need us to do... Like, he does need us, and he doesn't need us. That's the beauty of it, isn't it? That he uses what we, um, what we can give when we're generous. So Judea and Samaria was the local area that Jesus and his disciples were in at the time. Could we see that as our street, our workplace, our church, or to those that we see regularly? So when I was working, um, my latter part of up in A&E was a a management role, so I wasn't on the shop floor and as office-based, which I'd never done before. So when I started... I kind of observed my colleagues and the fact that they would bounce from one thing to the next and they wouldn't drink all day. Like, I'm a teaaholic, I have tea on the go the whole time. And I thought, I can't live like this. <laughs> and you lot definitely can't live like this. So, what well, I, I, I heard the whisper. I heard him say, just make everyone a drink. So, the first thing I started to do when I went in was get a drink for everyone. And then, when I had my obsession for needing another drink, I offered whoever was in the office at the time, would they like a drink? Did I always feel like doing that? Nope. Did I always feel like I was doing a God thing? No. But one day, my boss said, my days go much better when you're around because you look after us. Did I get to say in that moment, well, that's because Jesus loved you. <laughs> no. 
I didn't. No, because I'm a scaredy cat and I didn't. But coupled with other things, I hope that I pointed him towards living a different way. Pointed him. That's all we're asking. That's all God asks of us. He doesn't. Maybe he does ask us to do scary stuff and we ignore it, which is what I do. I probably could have said it's because Jesus loves you. But anyway, um, or in London, offering to get shopping. So I was just trying to think of like practical things. <coughs> offering to get shopping for our 85-year-old neighbour. So I would often pop in and say, or give her a ring, ping her a text. She's very text savvy. Uh, can I get you anything? I'm going to the shops. I was going anyway. I go more than once a week. Um, did she need anything? And more than often, more than not, she said no. But on the night, in the middle of the night, when she had chest pain, there was a route for her to give me a call and say, I need your help. And she did. We, I helped her. We went to the hospital together. Um, so the offering of openness towards yeah. other people brings a real, a reality and a vulnerability that um, can only come from God. And as I was coming here, I just felt to share. I dumb denied whether or not to share this bit because it's a little bit personal. But anyway, we're amongst friends. Uh, so about asking for help so that we, it's not always us offering help. Sometimes we need to ask for help. So after um, the birth of one of our kids, he, he, I've given it away, it's Tom. Uh, our number two uh, was born at home unexpectedly. Uh, and after that, I had post-traumatic stress. I would, having being able to run an A&E department with my eyes shut, I couldn't go and get the shopping, I was having panic attacks, I was felt overwhelmed on just day-to-dayness. And it lasted about a year, I had lots of, I had professional help, counselling and whatever, um, but part of that was that the lady I was t- walking it all through with said, you just need someone to meet with you every week, who have you got, who's your friend? I was like, oh yeah, but I meet loads of people because if you'd have been in church with us at that time, you wouldn't have known that anything was wrong. We were running a life group. I was cooking for however many, 10 or 15 every week because we did dinner together. Nobody would have known. And my veneer was so good that nobody knew that that's what I was going... That was... I was having to ring Charlie to say, oh, I've got to go and get the shopping now. And he's like, yeah, all right, you're okay. Go on, pack on. Um... And so I, she asked me to ask a friend. And so I had to open up a bit. And I opened to my very good friend, Lou, who is a beautiful Christian lady. And I asked her, I need, I need your help. She's like, what? And I explained what was happening. And she said, of course I'll help you. Of course, what do you need me to do? And she'd have done anything. But it was a, an hour's walk once a week to just touch base. And I needed to ask her for that. And the year that we had doing that, we had little children together, was the most precious for her and for me. I think we would look back on it for years and know that God met us in Richmond Park on a Tuesday morning. He met us there and it takes some of us being vulnerable to others. Let the veneer down. Doesn't. What is that anyway? You know... We need to ask each other for help. She was a Christian lady. You know, let's ask each other for help. And, uh, so, and then, just to the ends of the earth, I'm nearly done. Uh, to the ends of the earth. Well, at the final Bible, uh, Stony Bible Week, I was uh, 22. And I'd felt, um, in the prep to it, like an unsettling feeling. I was 
in my early 20s, I was happily, uh, three years into my nursing career, I was loving flat sharing with a friend, we were involved in local church, um, I loved it, but I felt this unsettled feeling, I felt God, I knew he was on the move, and I was like, what's happening, I feel a little bit funny, anyway, we went to Stoneley, and through various prophetic words, I felt that he should, he, sent, he said for me to go and join the church plant in New Zealand, in Christchurch. Now, my geography is not that great, and so we were at the two weeks, <laughs> um, the two weeks of Stoneley. So we, uh, me and my friend had gone to serve on the first week, and then we'd gone as church on the second week, and we'd gone home in the middle weekend to wash our clothes on ourselves and just lie in the bed. Um, and I got the atlas out because that was the days before, like just getting your phone out. Because if I'd just got my phone out, I might have thought, oh no, God, no, no, not there. Uh, but it was the end of the earth. So Christchurch, New Zealand is the last town, city, before you start coming back round again. And then it's not the end of the earth anymore because it's closer than that. So (laughs) when I realised that and my poor mum was like, what? God said what? Anyway, so I don't think for many of us it will be a physical call to the ends of the earth. You know, I think God did that in me. That was just... He needed to do stuff in me. He needed to get me out of where I was and plant me there and change my heart, which is what I thought I was going to help a church plant. <laughs> he, he changed my heart. He changed me. He changed who I was. I was he changed me. Um, so I don't think for most of us it will be um, going to the ends of the earth, but what is it in our hearts that God would speak to us? What is it in the deep heart? places of our hearts that would make you think no I can't do that you can't speak to me about that person or I'm not going to witness in that situation or I'm not going to ask you to move in that situation do we give God permission to only do so much in us but not to the ends of the earth not that bit in our hearts that bit's safe because that's so far I couldn't we couldn't ask God to do that do we, are we, do we ask him into that? Um, and is that, for us, asking someone to meet regularly for a coffee? Is that being vulnerable with them? Is that that bit that's the ends of the earth? Is it to um, ask if, they could, if you could babysit for someone? Are you at a different stage to others? Can, we, can I babysit for you? <laughs> Is that asking to do some shopping for a neighbour or cooking a meal for a friend in need? What would Father ask you to do? What difference would he make, ask you to make to your everydayness? Would he ask you to sit somewhere different on a Sunday so you can talk to others? And I'm guilty of that too. My four munchkins are a pickle. I don't want to be in the middle of church because then everyone will see how crazy they are. Um, but would, would sitting somewhere different on a Sunday so that you can talk to somebody that you wouldn't normally, has God got something to speak into you on that? Would it be to just sit on the bus rather than reading on the bus to allow someone in need to start a conversation with you? Would it be to linger at the school gate to catch that one person who, that day, coffee would be a lifesaver? Do you want to come over for coffee? Should we just play together? I mean, the kids. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you could get Monopoly out, I suppose. (laughs) 
always, Father has huge jobs for us to do on this earth, but I think they are often, more than often, clothed in acts of kindness and acts of love towards. And because of that, because they're not massive, they're missed. We rush past them, we get distracted, but if we listen to that whisper of the Holy Spirit, he will lead us in the big things and the small things as we outdo each other in honouring each other. Um, both in and out of church, showing honour to people. So that's me, and uh, that's all I've come to say. <laughs> um, so I just let's just shut our eyes, just to finish. And I just, as I was preparing, I just felt God say, "Just look out over your eyes in your mind's eye, like you were sort of in a castle or something on a tu- in a turret." Look out over the, your life, all the aspects of that. Where would God want you to listen to him? Where would he want you to be more vulnerable to somebody in front of someone else? Where would he prompt you to make space for him? Where would he challenge you to outdo others in showing honour and love? Father, as we go away from here this morning, would you help us hear the whisper of your voice? You don't railroad us. You're not a bully. You're not mean to us. You don't ask us to do things that terrify us without giving us the Holy Spirit to give us everything we need. So, Lord, as we walk from here, please don't let us go empty-handed. Please, would you speak to us? Please, would Winchester be more like Jesus from today? Because these women, in all of the spheres of influence that they have, have listened to your whisper. Father, would we have testimony of people's lives being changed because of the whisper of the Spirit? and the obedient hearts of those women that have listened to you, have heard your voice, have said, in whatever situation I'm in, in whichever storm I'm in, I'm going to listen to the whisper of Father. That you would be glorified, Jesus. That you would be honoured. And that we would have the enormous privilege of having you in our day-to-dayness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can I just encourage you just to keep responding to God? So maybe just keep your eyes closed. I thought what Laura brought was absolutely brilliant and I've just felt really challenged. But I just want us to linger a little bit more on some of those questions that she was asking throughout her talk. And she picked up on it towards the end when she was encouraging you to look out of, like, imagine you're living in a castle and look out of your life. So we're just going to spend a little bit longer here and then we'll um, pray and then we'll finish. But I just want to encourage you just to fix your eyes on Jesus because the Holy Spirit's going to have been speaking to you throughout Laura's talk. And um, I just want you to ask Jesus right now to bring somebody or a group of people to mind that actually he's going to ask you to encourage this week.
whether that's a neighbour, someone in church, work colleagues, a work colleague, who is it that he is asking you to encourage this week? And just go with that first thing that pops into your mind. And then ask Jesus, well, what is it? Is it a gift? Is it a card? Is it something verbal to say to them, to encourage them with? And is that done through a text message? Or is that done in person? What is it? Laura talked a lot about living with people in your space, giving them time, energy, food, being generous. Again, just ask God, who are you bringing to mind to invite into my space? Jesus, who do you want me to invite into my space? Or is it a challenge to say yes when somebody asks you to come into your space? Who is it you're going to invite in? And then I think the last thing we're just going to ask Jesus is, is there anything I need to ask help for? Are there some needs I need to communicate to somebody else? Is there someone you need to communicate your needs to, which can be really tough? Just last week it took me an hour to send a text message that I'd written to ask someone for some help, for something that I needed. It took me a whole hour to press send something God's been speaking to me about, am I communicating my needs? Actually, your needs are very important to God. They're important to people around you as well. And then lastly, is there anything else God's just speaking to you about right now? Anything else from Laura's talk, from the worship? No, God's been so kind to us this morning. We've got about eight minutes left, it's 10.52. So what I'd love you to do, which is amazing because we're early, we're never early, but just attend to the person next to you. And I want you to just tell them one thing that God's been speaking to you about. You know, we asked you four or five questions just then, you could have four or five things in your mind. But what, what is one thing that God's been talking to you about? What one thing are you going to say to them? Is it, this is the person I'm going to encourage this week, this is what I'm going to do. Is it that, do you know what, these are some needs that I need to ask someone to meet? What is it? It's something to worship. And then just spend a couple of minutes just praying for each other. Okay? And I'll let you know just before 11 o'clock. This is where it gets a bit vulnerable sometimes. We get real with each other.